0: Hello, and welcome to the Get Clean Podcast. I'm your host, Khalil Sherrod, and today's just uh, off the dome, as we'd say. Uh, just going to be by myself. I just want to talk about the basic rules of training as it pertains to being a basketball player, especially uh, the college and underage because, you know, so even at college, Sometimes even at pro, but mainly, especially even at college and high school, you're not going to have access to probably really good training or any training at all through your school. So you're left with, what should I do? So That's basically what this podcast is going to be about. Uh, so I hope you enjoy. So first topic we're going to go over is how often you should train. This is always a uh, hot topic because a lot of people, either they don't, do weight training, because the excuse is, whether they're in season or not, is that I gotta do basketball 24-7, you know, Kobe put up a thousand shots, so I gotta put up a thousand shots, and well, with the first thing you gotta take in consideration is that many of the greats, including a person like Kobe included weight training in his training, right, and didn't stop just because the season was there, or they were in the Olympics, or whatever, he was still training because that's what greats do, you can't stop doing what got you there because that's what got you there so just think of it obviously if you stop doing it you're going to lose it if you don't use it you lose it so if you stop weight training you think you're going to somehow get stronger you're going to maintain that strength no if you stop shooting three-pointers you're going to get better at three-pointers no you're going to actually get worse right so it should be the same now if you're not even weight training at all you definitely need to do it so when it comes to weight training what i usually recommend and what i do myself and everything is that. If you're in season, it should be two to three days a week, depending on how often you guys have practice, how often you have games and what basically you have access to gym time or the person you're training with or whatever. Right. If you're in the off season and the preseason, it should be usually four days a week, right? And that should look like Monday max effort lower, Wednesday max effort upper, Friday dynamic day lower, Saturday dynamic day upper. Right, So that Monday max every day, you're doing a max in the squat or the deadlift or the good morning usually. And before this is always a max every type of jump, whether it be a broad jump, a box jump, single leg versions, weighted, non-weighted, no running, standing, off the knee, using barbells, kettlebells, dumbbells, ankle weights, weight vest, combination of any. Right, You do that first. Then you go into the squat, deadlift. Or good morning that you're supposed to do. The squat or uh, deadlift is usually one rep max. Sometimes if, if you're not on what I would call a deload week. But you're on a delayed transformation. And you're lowering the intensity but upping, upping the volume. Maybe you're doing maybe up to three. But the good morning is always, especially for like a basketball player. Who's usually lacking a lot more strength than let's say a football or rugby player. You want to always do three to five reps max is just because it's safer because you'll be doing more weight in the good morning but the good morning is very easy way to literally (laughs) not kill yourself but you know you can really hurt yourself doing it so it's safer to do three to five reps it saves you and it's the movement is extremely tough if you're doing like if you do a three rep max or a five rep max and you're going like that's literally what you could stop doing and and what i usually recommend people to do in this scenario is to uh is to uh you want to work three reps or five reps on the way up so you get an idea like okay i only have 20 more pounds that i could do for three reps now when you're doing your jumps when you're doing max effort you shouldn't be doing 20 sets to find your max right so let's say you got a squat right and let's say your estimate is four. you think you can do 400 pounds right so you should start, I usually have people, especially if you're an athlete that isn't great with form and you're new to it, but if you're really strong already, let's say you were 400, you start with the bar, Bar, just do three to five reps, you just warming up your body, right? Well, actually no, because I'll say this, if you just did jumps, your body's already warmed up. So if your max is 400, you're probably starting off with 135 on the bar already. So you do 135, you do three reps. Then you do 225, do three reps, okay? Now, you jump to probably 285 to 300. This is your last set of three, right? Then you're doing from 285 to 300. You do probably uh, three, I want to say probably like 340, 350. You do two reps, and then you're doing one rep with 90% of that 400, so that's like 370-something or 380, 380 or whatever. Then you do 400 for one. That's your old max or what your SU max is. And if you feel like, all right, I got like 30, 40 pounds to take, add five to maybe 10 pounds, do it for one rep, and then that's it. That's how it should be done. You shouldn't be doing five sets of five, five sets of 10, because you know what you do? You just exhaust your muscles, and then you have nothing left to actually do a one rep. So then you're not ever knowing what you really could do whether it's more or less right so and you're just doing exhaustive amount of extra work for no reason so um, that's how you want to do it when you're doing this the the deadlift and the and the squat and then you're following that up by you know accessories so if you're weak in the hamstring you're doing you know rdl inverse curl hamstring curl you know if you're weak in the lower back maybe more good mornings back extension uh glute work um that could be the ad abduction machine uh side band steps shuffling and then anything with a sled you can work the front back or side at all times and then it's you're getting stronger and getting conditioned all at the same time so the sled's probably the number one way to use accessories and it's the cheapest way and then you have and then you just do some type of core work something that usually involves uh you having a core brace meaning you have to flex your stomach out right that's what your stomach was made to do not suck in most people think you need to suck in when you're lifting okay but you're not trying to be a body you're trying to be an athlete so you know uh ab bridges leg raises from a bar lying six inch hold side planks uh weighted uh sit-ups a lot of decline sit-ups those are good okay so then your max effort on wednesday when you do upper body you do that same Three reps, two reps, one, one, one. But now you're doing it for flat bench, uh, incline bench, standing overhead press, standing push press, standing push jerk, right, um, Z press, uh, and then you're following that up with accessory work of uh, triceps so you can do Williams extensions as the elbows out, JM press, Straight bar extension, you know, you could do push ups, and then you're doing usually lat work, barbell rows, pull ups, stuff like that. Rear delt work, a lot of rear delt, a lot of side delt work that's going to help keep your shoulders healthy. And you know, as a basketball player, you're usually checking somebody with your shoulder. And then your shoulders are going to be a lot of stabilization. you got to do a lot of isolation work when you do a defense, holding your hands up and stuff. So those need to be very strong and healthy. So a lot of rear delt and side delt work. So you can do side delt raises, rear delt flies, van tear, face pulls, upright rows, all that type of stuff. And then some type of uh, – well, it's – you could do sometimes a core. We don't really, because we want to do heavy core that's very, very hard. So usually two to max three times a week. So usually it's on the lower body day. So usually Monday, Friday. But sometimes you may do three days out of the week. But you just got to rotate that. So then that Friday day, that your dynamic day, now you're doing 12, no, you're doing eight to 12 sets of two to three reps in the squat with 75 to 85%. Of your one rep max in the squat, whatever that variation is, followed by uh, some type of deadlift for eight to ten sets of two to three reps with 75 to 85% of your deadlift max. Then you're doing accessory work. This day is longer because the intensity is lower, right? Because you're not doing a max, so the volume is going to be higher. So, more sets in the squat and deadlift, and then of course, there's more usually conditioning on this day. accessories you push that much more fall and then you know you're finishing off a core work um and then you're doing jumps now instead of for a max you're doing usually 75 percent of either that max height that you did on monday or maybe 75 percent of that weight that you use for that jump so if you did a 30 inch box jump and that was your max You're using 24 inches for eight sets of five or 10 sets of four, right? So, both days you want to get to 40 jumps. It's just that one day you're doing it for a max jump, and the other day you're using the same weight or the same height or both for the entire time, right? And then Saturday, the upper body day, it's dynamic upper. So, now you're doing 75 to 85% of your bench, one rep max for now, nine sets of, or eight to nine sets, I should say. Of three to five reps, right? Now on um, both the dynamic days, you can either do speed strength, where you're using 75 to 85% of your one rep max, or you can do explosive strength, which is 30 to 40% bar weight plus 25% band tension. So that's going to be 55 to 65% of your max in total. Whereas the other, where you where you're doing speed strength. It's 75 to 85. So, if the person is lacking, or you, the athlete, are lacking acceleration, maintenance of uh, top speed acceleration, you probably need to do the dynamic day that involves 75 to 85%, where you're using 50 to 60% bar weight and 25% band tension, right? But if you're a person that lacks a lot of explosive strength, where you can't come down from your jump and repeat that same jump as explosively or near explosively, stuff like that, then you need to be using that 30 to 40% bar weight with 25% band tension, right? So that's how you figure that out. You're usually going to need a trainer or a coach to really tell you that because they're the ones who's going to be to tell you, watching from outside looking in, okay? And then let's go to topic two, what things you should avoid. I mean, uh, the the biggest thing and a big misconception is people thinking that the more little funny toys that I have – that don't really usually involve weights it's those are the things i should be focusing on instead of training heavy and the reason why you'll have so many trainers that are training pro athletes or high level athletes and they're using these devices number one they usually don't know how to train no i'll say this almost always they do not know how to train with heavy weights the ones that actually do the job and they want likes on instagram because it's boring to do three week waves. No, not boring, but it's boring to watch on Instagram somebody just doing the same 12 of 2 with heavy squat three weeks in a row before they rotate again and, and those accessories or whatever. But the thing is that sometimes you got to do the boring stuff for you to get good. And it's not – training isn't about how much fun you're having. It's about results. So when you're doing ladder drills or you're jumping over the little hurdles that are 10 inches, if, if you could do that when you were four years old and you can do it now – that shows that that thing ain't as challenging it is just because you sweat doesn't mean you're you're getting any better and trust me from doing a unnecessary amount of running and doing ladder drills let me tell you I never got any faster doing you know when i got faster when i started getting stronger by training with heavy weights so if your coach has you do ladder drills you know, in practice, and that's the conditioning, and that's the supposed strength, and you're balancing on a BOSU ball while juggling a, juggling a bowl of eggs and stupid crap like that, you know, then just know that you still need to go home or go to the gym and get the real stuff that's really going to uh, give you, make real progress, okay? So, you want to avoid the person that says, I'm going to make your vertical increase four inches in one hour, and, you're gonna get 12 inches under vertical in two weeks, and you know, for some elite athletes, that that will work because some elite athletes, it doesn't matter what you do with them. Their genetics are so great that any response and any added supposed weight training, whether it be with one pound or 100 pounds, for them, it literally can do do great for them just because they've been lacking it so much that it does a lot. And their genetics or whatever, it's gonna make it much easier to progress. And that's why you have trainers that the person's already in the league with a forty inch vertical and then people see them train with this trainer or this supposed strength coach that has them bouncing on the Bosu ball and they're like, Oh, I need to do this because this professional athlete does this. But little do you take into account or little do you know this person already had a forty inch vertical before they came to them. The ladder drill is not giving them the forty inch vertical. Their genetics or what they did in high school, college, like What annoys me the most is when you see an NFL team that's training their players basically to be weak without them knowing it, which is I'm going to have them bounce on a BOSU ball for now. It's great to do the corrective exercise, and it's great to do functional training. But what's really functional is being strong. And if you're in an athletic sport, especially team ball sports, especially a sport like football, you're going to get hurt if you're the weaker player. That is just how it goes, whether it's with contact or without contact. The weaker player will break down quicker. The weaker player will get injured either more often or also their injuries will be worse because they are weaker, right? Strength training improves bone density, ligament, thickness, all that. So those non-contact injuries either don't happen or they're less. And when you do get hit by someone that's 300 pounds, you will be less hurt when you're the stronger athlete. That's just how it goes. So another, the third topic is who should you listen to? Who you should listen to is is... is the list is, I want to say, not terribly long, but I would also say it's just hard to find the people that are good because there's so many. I mean, I see advertisements on Instagram for people who don't know what they're doing all the time, and but because they just focus basically all on their marketing their advertising makes them and their videos are just appealing to kids that don't know any better so then you have people training and paying all this money for crap so who you should listen to i'll give you a few that i listen to myself because i don't hide where i get my information from because that's not what it's about for me it's about getting the information out there so people don't make the same mistakes i did or other athletes right so who you should listen to, I would go to EliteFTS.com, E-L-I-T-E-F-T-S, okay? They have a vast uh, library of articles, and, and they have their table talk with Dave, uh, Dave Tate for their YouTube channel. I would go to WestsideBarbell.com. They have articles about samples of how to train, what your training should look like, depending on a variety of sports, as well as all their books that are very, very cheap, as well as other books that are not even written by them that they have in their search that I've taken and then the other ones that I'm going to take. So they're just like me where it's just like we just want the information to get out there. Um, Jacob Ross, he's a a strength coach who trained. Uh, well, he still trains Lou Aldang and various other professional athletes. Uh, Explosive mechanics with Jared Bitney. He's here in Georgia too. Um, he has his own gym and he has so many kids that have 40 inch verticals that he's brought from like 20 inches so that's a good sign right and they don't get hurt because they're strong uh, uh, conjugate connoisseurs B3 uh, HP something like that I can't, I'm trying to remember it. but if you go on my Instagram I put up a post uh, of all these guys that I uh, give a lot of credit where I get my information from you know Um, The gym I I train at, the Rack Athletic Club, uh, Robert and Ed, the owner of the gym, uh, I get a lot of my information from them, just from watching them every day and listening to the stuff that they post. So, you know, these are just some of the people that you can get a lot of, some of them, a lot of free information, and a lot of them just cheap if you only can, like, it's like if you can afford one book, some of them will have books on there, articles on there that can really... Give you a whole bunch of stuff at least just to get started so you can just know what not to do at least because the hard, one of the big one of one of the cra- craziest statements but it's very true is i'd rather have no training than bad training because when you have bad training i you as a coach you have to undo all the bad training when it comes to skills or when it comes to the weight room it's way easier if you just have to start from scratch because you don't have all this muscle memory or this this wrong type of fast twitch versus slow twitch depending on the sport and what it needs If you have no training, then all we got to do is build. All right. What things can you do at home if you don't have access to a gym? Topic four. Um, You can still follow that same four-day split. You can just use weight or sometimes no weight and use the same exercises with stuff you have at home. Or if you go on EliteFTS.com and Westside Barbell, you can – get bands and uh you know ankle weights and weight vests and hopefully a sled and those things are all not too expensive but you can do a great deal with them and especially the younger athlete being that you're usually weaker can your body will respond tremendously to these things okay um what should my diet look like i would say the younger the younger you really are the biggest thing you need to focus on is getting enough protein in so you know for all the vegan and vegetarian people not that you can't do it it's just going to be that much harder and if you're not a rich or a very wealthy person it's going to be tremendously hard for you to stay under a certain amount of calories that you're not gaining weight to then still hit your protein carbs and fat so most kids you know if you don't have a uh, a nutritionist or a person like my girlfriend that can monitor you you're, what you're doing I wouldn't focus too much on the carbs and fat. I would just mainly focus on how much protein you're getting. And the protein, old way of thinking was one gram per body weight. I tend to agree with eating your lean body mass in 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 uh in protein for one gram per that lean body mass. So for me, uh, I'm two oh five right now. I'm two twenty. Getting a lot of weight since it's Corona. Whew. But so my lean body mass was. 178 right so i would eat 178 grams of protein not 205 178 the easy way to do that whether you're especially if you're vegan though you need protein shakes so whether it be one or two a day if you get a nice lean protein shake that is like one gram of fat or one you know one to two grams of carb whatever you're basically just getting the protein from that and it's only usually 150 to 300 calories depending on the protein shake for 30 something grams so if you do that twice a day for most athletes that maybe only have a hundred to one hundred and thirty grams of lean body, thirty pounds of lean body mass, then that's already half your protein. Then you do yogurt that has zero fat, that's fifteen to twenty grams, right? So then you're at eighty. Then you do um, like six ounces of chicken, that can be another thirty something. So you're already at a hundred something. So you see what I mean? You you do that a few times a day, you get some beef jerky, you know, that's like twenty something grams. If you do one ounce and there you go because the biggest thing is that not only do you want to maintain the muscle that you have hopefully if you have the correct training program you gain little to no weight but the weight you do gain is in the muscles that are lagging that you need to gain a little bit of size to create a certain amount of strength so if you have really really weak hamstrings you probably when you switch to a really good training program like the conjugate style from west side you'll be gaining probably a little bit of muscle maybe in your hamstring but if you're not even Meeting your maintenance goal protein, you're not getting any. It's gonna. Well, it's not that you're not going to. It's just gonna make it longer or much harder to obtain that, compared to somebody that is hitting that protein. So, that's basically all there is for today. If you have questions or you would like to train with me, uh, you can DM me on Instagram. My profile is Khalil underscore Sharad. That's K A L I L underscore S H E R R O D, and we can talk about a training program, what it entails, what are your needs, how can we get them, and what are your goals, and how do we how do we get you there? You know, whether as you have a gym, you don't have a gym, whether as your coach is like, I need you to do these two-hour sprint workouts every day, because I know how that is we can still get the work that's really going to make you hopefully that D1 prospect, or if you're that college prospect, if you're already that college player, get you hopefully to that pro level, or just get you more minutes or get you off that bench, you know? So I uh, hope you all enjoyed the podcast and tune in next week. I'm probably going to do another one. And peace. Remember, stay clean.